Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show. We're so glad that you're here. Come on in. Settle into the room as people, like it's always a weird filter of into the Zoom room, right? If you are here for the very first time ever, we got a treat for you today. Um, but we also do this every single day. You can check out our full calendar by scanning your QR code on the screen or headed to sellbetter.xyz. If this is not your first time, welcome back. You have some um, lovely instructions in the chat over here. If you switch your chat from hosts and panelists, that blue drop down, switch it to everyone so that everyone can see all the lovely things that you're chatting about. Hello, welcome in. Today we are chatting about alternative, creative, funky prospecting approaches that are actually working for people. Fancy that, right? With the one and only, uh, my dear friend, Jed Marley. Jed, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, happy to be back. Happy to be back. How's it going, everyone? Little double wave. Can I get you to do the double wave? Oh, oh. you'd never know if people will do it. Um, while we're doing the agenda, I just wanted to ask who's in the room, see who we've got in here. So let's do a quick poll. Maria, can you help me out with the poll? Um, Andre is here. Cool. Thank you. So let us know who's in the room. We are going to be talking about a few different methods, <clears throat> a few different ways to lose your voice, a few different <laughs> methods that people are using prospecting. Like I... I'm always looking to Jed, like, hey, Jed, what's working for you right now? What's going on? What is getting people's attention? So hearing what is working for him live today will be fabulous. We're going to talk about some um, unconventional methods. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on right now and some creative ways to just get us some more meetings. So let's see who's in the room here. Who do we got? Oh, beautiful a lot of outbound. We've got like 60 some odd percent of people who are front lines. I love to see it. Um, Yeah, totally. Huge shout out to our partners before we jump in here today. JB Sales, Gong, and Vidyard. We are going to stick a link in the chat here for a special for Vidyard that you can check out. But Jed, let's talk about the evolution of outbound. Tell me a little bit about what we're looking at stats wise here. Yeah, for sure. Um, how's it going, everyone? So I think this stat specifically that we're seeing on the screen came from uh, Jeremy Donovan, who's been kind of notorious for the last five years of pulling out data. Um, he used to work for sales lofts. And so we had a lot of data in sales loft and what was working, what wasn't in outbound. And you put this stat out on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, there's a lot of missing context here as to who the, the companies are that the people are targeting in this data. Is an enterprise, is an SMB. But regardless, the stat probably feels true to you either way, because I think one thing we've all noticed is how much harder it is to get our emails responded to, get connections, get meetings on any channel. And there's a lot of reasons why, um, Leslie, I'm sure you know a lot of people here as well, but obviously there's a lot of AI and automation tools that allow you to personalize emails at scale much faster. And I think some of those tools are great, but obviously email has become a lot easier to do. A lot of people are picking up power dialers and auto dialers, so they're making calls much faster, much more calls. There's LinkedIn automation. And so all of the channels everywhere. And and also add to that, inbound has dried up for a lot of people. So more people have to do outbound. AEs have to do outbound now. 
And so what does this create? It creates a lot of noise in all of the standard channels. And so what we're trying to share today, and I'm going to share a couple examples. I know we have 30 minutes, but my goal is to share creative and different methods. Leslie gets it. Yeah. Creative and different methods of how y'all can kind of cut through the noise and obviously set more meetings because I think it's going to be necessary. And one more thing I want to add as well is, you know, again, with AI and automation, all these tools, I think those are great. I think people should definitely still use them, but the goal is to use those to automate a lot of the manual methods like list building, research, et cetera. So you can focus more of your energy on some of the creative strategies like we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I mean, did all of that just resonate so hard with everybody? You're sitting here like, yeah, it is. I mean, it is harder. It's funny. And I think it just went to host, but um, Majid said, meetings are getting booked. Hold on. Like, yeah. booking <laughs> meetings, right? Yeah. Um, yep. I want to share, you shared one other um, graph with me that I want to bring up on the screen really quick before we go into your methods, if you don't mind. Talk yeah, this comes from... Yeah, this comes from Statistia, um, a pretty reliable source when it comes to um, statistics, data, things of that nature. Um, it's a, I think nobody should be surprised by this, but if you look at 2018, the volume of cold emails being sent, that's 281 billion versus 2023, 300, and let's round it up to 50 billion. And so that's 70 billion more emails being sent uh, in 2023 than there was in 2020, uh, 2018. And I think people are recognizing that if you just look at your inbox. Um, but again, it just kind of goes to show how crowded email is. And if we used to kind of neglect this and act like everything's still the same as it was two years ago, five years ago, when it comes to outbound, um, I, I think people are going to continue to struggle. And it's kind of a question of, you, you kind of have two options. Do I want to continue to push volume or do I want to think about this a little bit more creatively, um, and find some alternative methods? So I thought like when, when we were chatting about this, I thought about my own inbox and how I use email. So I just have to ask like to see where you are, where everybody else is. When it comes to your email, are you a zero inboxer? Do you check it like every other meeting or do you check it once or twice a day? Are you like, oh, shoot, I haven't checked my email in three days. Jed, where do you land? I am inbox zero all the time. Um, if I have like, yeah, unopened emails or things I haven't responded to, it makes me stressed out. So I'm like rigorously unsubscribing from things and always keeping an inbox zero, which I think can be a fault sometimes because then you get in the habit of thinking clearing out your inbox is kind of a productive thing and you kind of go back to it all the time. But yeah, I'm definitely inbox zero for sure. Interesting. Okay. I asked this question to a group of sales leaders just this last week. I was in DC and there were people who said their organization is so slack heavy, like they're not checking emails at all. And it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot to go log in. I thought that was so interesting as we're like becoming this really email heavy, oversaturated. You're seeing all these emails. Are people getting like completely desensitized to it? I thought it was so interesting. And is it okay. huh? Right? So like thinking yeah. about who you're selling to and like what kind of organization they are. Okay, so let's talk about... Um, Give us your first creative method here. When you're thinking about things that are working really well for you right now, what's like your number one go-to? Yeah. So, well, this is, I would say this is my number two go-to. My number one go-to will be the next thing we share um, okay. uh, as of late. But so the first one is video and I'm going to share. Do you mind if I share my screen, Leslie? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Is that cool? All right. Cool. So uh, screen looks good. You're seeing it? Yep. Okay. Awesome. So 
First thing is video and not video in the standard sense that I think a lot of people know. Um, I'm not a huge fan of going and sending one-off personalized recorded videos to everybody that may work if you're doing you know, a select group of accounts that you can reach out to and you're really personalizing your research and all that stuff. Um, but for the longest time, I never touched video. I was super against it. I figured like I, my time was better spent on email over the phone. As we've seen, those channels are getting a little bit more crowded, but there's still ways to make videos super successful. And one of my, you can do this video art sense part. There's a lot of video tools out there, but one of my favorite new features with a lot of these video platforms is dynamic videos, where essentially you can create almost like a custom landing page, but then also personalize these videos at scale. So there's a few examples I'll share for this, but for, for example, m myself and my SDR team, we were at Mailshake. One of the biggest methods we used this for was doing domain audits. So what we helped with that deliverability uh, at Mailshake was email deliverability. So keeping your emails out of spam. And so what we would do is we would search their domain up on a tool called MX Toolbox. We would export all of these URLs into a CSV. And this is just kind of an example right here. And then all we had to do was record one video. And I'll share an example in the chat a little bit later of a video if you guys want to check out what some of my videos look like. One video of us recording saying, hey, was just looking at your domain. I noticed a couple things. Um, let me know if you're open to learn more. I can share some ideas on how to fix this so that your emails aren't going into spam and you're getting higher open and response rates. So that was the, the video. And I think we're going to share a script, Leslie, that people can use for their videos. But I'm talking super short, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. When I send you all the example, you'll see how short and concise it is. The only thing we're focusing on is the personalized problem we found. And again, this is very specific to Mailshake and what worked really well for us, which was using this tool to scan people's domains. And then what this uh, dynamic video feature does is it essentially just uploads the custom URL for every single prospect. So all I have to do is record that one video and then their custom URLs in the background so that it feels personalized. And then obviously the interesting thing is that, you know, you can have like a landing page here where you're customizing based on the message. You can use custom tokens, et cetera. Um, but then what we did is instead of trying to go for a meeting, we would just share a deliverability resource so that we're trying to just build a ton of trust. And I think that's a, a big common theme uh, when it comes to creative prospecting and what you have to do to be different in 2023 and 24 is everybody has to have a lot more patience, right? So attempt to help your prospects solve part of the problem that you solve for free by sharing resources, by giving helpful advice so that they trust you more and you can follow up strategically and then book the meeting. Um, like Leslie, one way I like to think about this is if you're an SDR and AE listening to this call right now and you're thinking, how can I, you know, prospect somebody um, and provide helpful resources or uh, things that they would generally find useful? That's not just like a demo. Is imagine that you know your friend was at a company you would normally sell to, and they have the problem that your product solves, but you know that they don't have the budget to buy your solution, and they just ask you as a friend, "Hey, I'm I'm dealing with this problem. You know, do you have any advice or tips? You know that they can't buy your product." What is the advice, the resources you would point them to to start solving that problem? That's a question that helped me as I'm kind of building out my offers and things to do in my creative prospecting. Um, so yeah, this is just one of those examples, super helpful. Again, a lot of video platforms let you do this, but there's two ways I would now like actually use this video uh, when prospecting. So, uh, and, and Leslie, I think you have, you want to share the screen for some of the examples um, yeah. with the script and the call to action. But there's two ways I would use this. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So the first way is in a PS. So at the bottom of all my emails, it's a, hey, PS created this, you know, 30 second video explaining something I found out or explaining an idea I had for you. Right. 
And so I would get a ton of clicks on that PS. As soon as, soon as somebody clicks it, I have data to track them and follow up. The second thing was using this call to action here. If it sounds interesting, let me know and I can send you a one minute video. And then all I have to do is fire out this email that I, or this video that I've already created. Again, I don't have to go in and spend 10 minutes trying to you know record a personalized video. Uh, and so those are the two methods. Using it as a PS in your emails, it's kind of like an additional reason for them to respond or engage with you or as the call to action in your emails. I'm going to stick this up here again really quick if anyone wants to take a quick screenshot. I love the way that you talked about like thinking about if a friend asks you for it. I also think this is a lot of the way that we buy as consumers. Like if you think about anything, anyone buy a course or anything on Instagram lately? Um, yeah, hey, Will, you, everyone will get the recording to their inbox. If you registered, it will come to you tomorrow. Um, but like w when you sign up for anything, like if I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and someone is selling something, a lot of times yeah. they're giving you like a free download first before they're asking you to like buy into their like here's the here's the course for two ninety seven but here first is my top ten ways to do X. Because yeah, Leslie, you're a hundred percent like right. I mean, like that's how people market to consumers is you have to build trust first through advertisement with some sort of free resource or lead magnet, and so I encourage everybody to kind of study the, some of that some of those aspects of marketing because. That's the exact same type of thing that I apply to the SDR teams that I manage or the people I consult with is finding ways to build that trust first through some sort of lead bag. And we're going to share an example of that in just a bit as well. Um, but yeah, you're completely right. It's like figure out, you know, all the things that your prospect cares about as it relates to your problem and then try to find as many solutions to all those problems that don't involve necessarily taking a demo or buying your product. And if you really sit with that and try to brainstorm, you'll come up with some useful ideas. Totally. Okay. So you said that was your number two. Let's move over yeah. to your number one. And then I want to address some of these questions that came in, but let's head. Yeah, for sure. First. Yeah. And as y'all got questions, pop them in the Q and A. Now we got a shorter show today, but we'll try to get through as many questions as possible. Yeah. So let me open this up, Leslie. Give me one second. Give us like high level. What would you call this prospecting technique? The second one that I'm about to share. What you got coming up here? Yeah. So just essentially private digital sales rooms. Okay. So um, put a one in the chat if you've heard of this. There's a lot of solutions that are coming out where you can uh, essentially send what it, what I like to call kind of like a private landing page almost. And so this is a way you can really stand out and get a lot more engagement. So this is one that I personally use. And Leslie, are you seeing my screen right now? Yeah. So this is another thing that I'll include in like the PS of my emails, right? So this is for my own kind of consulting business and some of the things I do. Uh, but I might share like a quick PS. Hey, PS, uh, put together a list of 27 prospecting signals for your reps to look out for. And what you can do, and I'm going to go to edit here. The tool I'm using is Align, but there's a lot of different tools that you can use for building out these digital sales rooms. And if you're like an SDRA and you're thinking, hey, I am not a marketing person. I don't know how to put together all these resources. It makes it super simple. So the first thing I would do is go collect all of these resources you can find, whether they come from your company, whether they come from uh, a, somebody else's company, like some sort of download or article you found, and then compile that together in this sort of room. And so for me, I put together like a, a little slide deck. Um, rest of my screen is not loading. <laughs> put together quick video uh, of things that I would do for them and things of that nature. And then you have this little note right here, kind of as a call to action. And so this is just something I like to put in the PS of my emails 
And the reason why I like it is because whenever you're sending emails or you're doing a cold email outreach, maybe you'll get a 5% reply rate, right? Some people get higher, some people get lower, but 5% usually seems to be like the highest in most cases. But when you include a link like this to a, a digital sales room in your PS, you'll notice you'll get a lot more clicks. So for example, I've seen anywhere from 10 to 20% click rate and you get tons of tracking on these clicks. So when people click into the room, you can see where they're spending on each page, what things they clicked on, if they forwarded it to anybody else. And then what you can do is you can send the people that clicked down a different sequence path in your sequencing software or just follow up more strategically. So now you can send them another email or make a call or hit them on LinkedIn and be like, hey, I saw you checked out the room. Let me know if you had any thoughts on some of the resources. It's a way to continue to warm up your prospect and take uh, a higher chunk out of the people you're emailing and get more engagement from them, right? Because again, normally maybe you'd get around a 5% reply rate, but if you're getting a lot more clicks through things like digital sales rooms, that gives you another 10% of people to strategically follow up with. Um, so Liz, I can kind of go in more detail, but any thoughts or questions on, on kind of this part so far? Yeah, I think a couple of things. Um, first off, this is aligned, which is awesome. You're, what you're showing right now, this, this tool is aligned. You could also use Vidyard Rooms for this. So if you're yeah. already using Vidyard, you could use that as well. Um, thinking about like the couple questions that popped up, like each prospect or each account is getting their own room with you. And I think some of the things that have popped up to me, and I'm wondering if this is the same for you when I'm using rooms, is I can see who's accessing it. If they share it with other people, I'm getting like additional contacts into my deal. So I'm multi-threading without even trying or... Um, yeah. being able to like collaborate and see where people are spending time and how they're spending their time has been really interesting for me too. Any thoughts or insights there that you would add? Yeah. So the cool thing about Vidyard, by the way, is that they actually combine both of these methods in one because they have rooms and they have their video feature. So like I would definitely recommend it on that sense. Um, but yeah, to your point, Leslie, like for example, who can enter the room, you can have it set so that they have to, uh, enter their email address to check it out. Um, if you're doing this like cold emailing, you already have their email address. You can see who clicked on it anyways. Um, but for example, if you're doing this, let's say your prospects are on LinkedIn, you can share that stuff on LinkedIn. You know, a lot of people do this really successfully where they put together an interesting resource. They share it on LinkedIn. Even if you don't have a ton of followers, like you'll get some clicks. You'll get people going into the room. You get their email address. You can follow up strategically. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the most important thing here is that you're just taking advantage or you're taking full advantage of every single person you're emailing by getting those additional clicks for people you can follow up more strategically with. Um, and so if, if I was building this out from scratch, all I would do is put a quick message here, maybe my calendar link, um, a, a quick resource that's related to the problem you solved, and then maybe a quick video that you recorded. And that's really all I would do. And it just kind of creates more of a personalized experience and it kind of shows the prospect that you're putting in that effort and you're genuinely trying to help them with whatever problem you perceive they have. Max brings up a really great point in the Q&A, um, talking about how there's so many best practices now for avoiding include, including links or attachments on emails. Do you feel like this helps it not get um, flagged as spam or it, does this help you avoid that link fatigue? Yeah. So my opinion on that, there, there's, um, and I'm, I'm part of this as well, is that there's so much advice and um, best practices around email deliverability and avoiding the spam folder. But the thing is, there's like a, a list, there's like 50 things you can do to fix your deliverability. 
And so you have to weigh the options. And in my opinion, if you're doing most of the things right, you can afford to do a couple things wrong for the added benefit of whatever that thing is, right? So I'm okay with including a link in my PS hyperlink. I'm never, including attachments is just always going to be bad for deliverability, but if you have a link, it's much better. And so because my email signature is super plain, because I'm warming my email, I'm not blasting emails, um, I'm removing spam words, and I have all the proper authentications on my domain. If I include a link, it's not a big deal. And if you're really concerned, send 100 emails without the link and 100 emails with the link, exact same email template, exact same type of prospects, and compare the open rates, and then determine if it's worth it for you. So like in my example, I'm okay with getting maybe a 5 to 10% lower open rate. If that means I get 10 to 20% more people to click on the link that I can follow up more strategically with. Awesome. I want to, um, actually, can I, can we go for a bonus, uh, creative prospecting strategy and then we'll hit up a, another question? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, you shared a referral template. So this is if someone says no to me via email, this is yeah. your strategy. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so this is a big part of it. I think it's relevant right now with the amount of people that are probably going to be getting not interested or um, just no thanks kind of emails uh, as we approach the holidays and people are out of office, et cetera, people are less interested. Yeah. And so this is some, I have to shout out one of my STRs who did this in my last company because this was the template she did and she had a ton of success with it. So probably like in most cases, half the responses you're going to get are not interested. And most people don't really do anything with those responses, but it's a way to take advantage of all those extra email replies you get that you normally wouldn't do anything with. And so what she would do is like at the end of the week, she'd take all the not interested emails that she got or whatnot. She'd look at the prospects LinkedIn, find the last company they worked for. A lot of people are changing jobs all the time. And she would find a person at that company that seems like they were a good ICP prospect. And then she would send an email that looks like this. Hey, name, no problem. Like I understand you're not interested. Um, I know it's not your job to help salespeople, but do you mind me asking if you think their previous company, so that's the company you found on LinkedIn, might be a fit considering your experience there. Um, I did some research and thought Prospect's name would be a good person to talk to, give an observation. So it's still on you to go find who that person might be at the previous company and find some sort of observation, some sort of relevant buying trigger about the company that might be a good reason to reach out. But she had a really good success rate with this. And she was um, sending this email again once a week, kind of in bulk. She's not just doing it all the time. Anytime she gets a not interested, she was bulk prospecting at one time. And um, it's just a good way to take full advantage. Again, we're doing higher volume, response rates are lower. And so you have to take full advantage of any engagement a prospect gives you. But this template worked really well when it comes to just, again, taking full advantage and setting some extra meetings. Yeah. Doing something creative, getting outside of like the typical flow of what people expect, right? Um, exactly. I think that's like a big piece of it is pushing back against the expectations of what people think like your next move is going to be and standing out a little different. I know that's pretty cliche. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's maybe it's cliche or whatever, like things like adding value or just trying to like value first kind of. I know it's cliche, but like that is the thing we have to think about because uh, one thing for everyone to keep in mind is that, you know, buyers really don't want to demo. Everyone's super busy. Uh, you know, budgets are cut across the board. And so if you can be the person that switches things up by not having a call to action, like everybody else that says, would you be open to learning more? Or is this worth exploring? And just have no call to action, just provide value and then include your call to action two or three emails later. Or instead of your call to action being, would you be open to learning more? Say, hey, I found this for you. And you're not going to book the meeting right away. 
But when you use the phone to call and they're a little bit more familiar with you, or you follow up again with another email, going for that call to action, you're going to have a higher chance of setting that meeting. So Leslie, yeah, maybe it's a little cliche, but it's totally true. And and to your point, we have to find ways to how to break the patterns of what prospects are aware of. I'm going to share the results uh, based on Lyle's question here in the chat. I do think like, and it's it seems kind of counterintuitive business versus personal, but the way that our social is changing, like how we consume information just as a one-off individual, like it changes the way that companies and organizations are buying too. And so I'm looking for cues from things that I'm purchasing to drive how I'm selling yep. it here. And it's it's been really interesting trying to like mirror tactics from companies that are in the same industry or like not even a B2B and trying to yeah. mirror some of those has been really interesting for me, like experiment wise. Yeah, 100%. I mean, for me, like learning more about the marketing side of things and how people are marketing to consumers is so much you can learn as it relates to doing outbound and prospecting because it's really just the same thing, right? And so yeah. there's a lot you can learn from that. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the book. There's a really good book. I got to find it. Maybe we can add it in a follow-up on okay. LinkedIn. But it talks about the five stages of buyer awareness. And I think if you're an SDR doing any sort of outbound, that's something you should definitely look into because it talks about understanding you know, where you're at in the market in terms of are there bigger competitors that everybody use, is using um, is your solution something that's not very well known and how that should impact your messaging when it comes to cold email uh, and cold calling and, and LinkedIn messages? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Leslie, I agree. I think there's a lot of things we can learn from the marketing side or consumer marketing that apply really well to creative outbound strategies. We'll leave a few minutes left and it came up in the chat. Um, so I have to ask any thoughts on like some of it, maybe not new, but like I think there's a lot of buzz around it right now with the changes to spam cannon, mass emails with um, Gmail, with um, a couple of the other like domains where it's like going to block domains if you are marked over 3% spam or whatever the, the rules are. Any thoughts there last minute? Yeah. So, I mean, I can, I can add some like clarification to that because I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of concern and I, and I think it's also getting pushed to the limit where I think people are more concerned than they should be. Um, so one thing to say is that the, the 0.3% spam thing means if you send 1,000 emails and three out of those 1,000 people you sent emails to mark you as spam, not did you go into the spam folder, but they intentionally say, hey, I don't want this email marked as spam, then that's where you can start getting shut down and blocked and really just damage your domain. And so the way to avoid that is not have not send shitty emails. I don't know if I can swear on this, but not send crappy emails that, <laughs> that people um, want to move to spam. And so these are a couple of those strategies where we're being creative or we're doing different um, strategies to stand out. Um, the other thing to add to that is that there's a tool called uh, Google Postmasters that everybody can sign up for free and you can literally see exactly how many times you've been reported as spam. So that's not a surprise. So definitely check that out on um, Google Postmasters. Again, you can see exactly where you're at so that it's never a surprise. Um, but another thing that's really big is have a very clear unsubscribe link as well, because when people can't find an unsubscribe link, they're just going to block you and mark you as spam. So that's really important. Give people the easy out as opposed to marking you as spam. Uh, and then one thing to add to that, Leslie, as well, with this new change that I, I think is going to shift a lot of people's methods is that we've heard for the longest time, it takes like 20 touches to reach a prospect. If you have eight emails in that touch, in that 
20 touches and you're sending somebody eight emails, by the time they get to sixth, seventh, eighth, they're going to be far more likely to block you as spam. And so as a result, all of my sequences have been three, four emails max. I don't believe in the 20 touches to get somebody to book a meeting, spend those touches on the phone or on LinkedIn, because that's where most people block it is if they just keep getting emails from you. Um, so I think we should scale back the volume of emails we send per prospect uh, to avoid obviously going to spam. It's like forced mixing up your channels here. We like there's so much data around multi-channel and like adding in additional channels is going to get you such a higher result. Yep. It's like now it's forcing it to happen. I like it. Forcing us back on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. Again, it, it should be a good thing for, for everybody who's prospecting the right way, because that means that people who are doing the spamming and crazy automation are going to get shut down a little bit more and it opens up more space for the people who are prospecting with intention. Yeah. I think too, like just a conversation with your IT teams about how things are handled and like if there's anything that you should avoid or do is always a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Our uh, head of IT is a big fan of me. <laughs> She's not listening. I don't think. Let's just quickly like do a quick recap before we just wrap up here. The yep. three way, three things that you shared, dynamic videos, change out the background. So you're not spending, you're still like maximizing your efficiency, your time, but you're being personalized in something that matters to them private digital rooms like you shared where they can have resources and then like getting that creative intro into somewhere else if you get a no anything you want to add to this or like last minute love for either of these no i mean these are all just different methods but the core thing at it is figuring out what your prospects actually care about and trying to provide some sort of value in that sense first before going for the meeting so why so whatever kind of creative strategy you use these are just some of the tactics that uh, apply that kind of methodology. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of your fabulous insights here today and just giving us a little sneak peek. Um, I'm back again tomorrow with Jack and Zach. <laughs> We're talking nice. cold prospecting. You can check it out at sellbetter.xyz. And then um, Jed, let's. we're going to drop your link in the chat here so that people can connect with you if they're not already. Thank you so, so much for just, again, sharing so freely and being willing to talk about what's working for you. Of course. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. See y'all later. <laughs>